Again, if you're with me for the first time, welcome. My name is Shante Charles, and I am your host tonight, and this is Daring Dialogues. On Monday, we tend to focus on something to give us motivation. Tonight, we want to ask the question, what is America's motivation? What is America's motivation for her citizens, namely her uh, Black American citizens? What is America's motivation? What is driving America when it comes to her treatment of her black and brown citizens. We'd all like to know at this point because we keep seeing and hearing the same thing over and over and over again. It becomes a wash, rinse, repeat cycle and people are tired, right? They're fed up. We had a a thing that happened on on Sunday afternoon. I believe it was somewhere between, they say 1 p.m. and uh, 1.30 p.m that the gentleman by the name of Dante Wright was killed. If you haven't heard about that story, just look up the hashtag. There are several articles I've put on this page that we're broadcasting from. You can go back and and take a look at some of those articles. And I also posted the, some of the live footage of the protests that was not cleaned up by the media, um, and not giving a certain, um, how can I put it? A certain persona for the peaceful protesters. Because once media got a hold of it, all of a sudden footage was very snipped and clipped to only show really one side. Um, they didn't show you that the people that were looting were not the same people that were protesting in front of the police station. Um, most people construed them as being the same group and the same set of people, and they weren't. Um, so things like that. This is why... Um, New media, such as my page and other pages, new black media. Um, This is why we have to tell and report our own story many times, because there will be a narrative that is put out that is skewed in the direction um, to paint a certain scenario that if you get the larger picture or you get the complete picture, you actually see, hmm, that's not exactly what happened. Um, You will see uh, the police using things that they don't even use in the military um, against peaceful protesters. You will see the pepper spray and the uh, rubber bullets and the flashbangs that went down, injuring one of the the peaceful protesters who was unarmed. You will see that in new media. You will see a a fuller picture um, as opposed to the snippets and the clips that are put out by mainstream media to sort of paint this picture of everybody was being a violent protester. I looked at the footage in real time um, on last night. I didn't get any sleep <laughs> um, because I was watching the, the protesting happening in real time and it was peaceful protesters, not in connection with the people who went into another part of town and actually did looting. I saw that footage as well happening in real time. It was two different groups of people. So when we when we construe what's happening in a in a community to say oh these people went and did this you know try to look at some some uh media sources that may be independent so you're getting a fuller picture of what happened i want to read this statement um by a young lady i thought was very good um because she put some things in here about what people can ask for or what we really should be asking for when it comes to these kinds of situations. She said, Mr. Dante Wright was murdered here in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota by a police officer. 
his body laid in the street today. I think it laid his body lay in the street for close to six hours, according to what his mother, Katie Wright, said. She said he had been laying in the street since 147. And I think at the time I saw the footage, it was like 710 and he was still apparently um, laying in the street. So this is a direct quote from his mother. Um, and she said, I just want people to know that if you get pulled over, make sure you put your hands up and don't make any sudden moves. Don't have air fresheners in your car because that's why he initially got pulled over. Now, from the police sourcing today, it was re- it was alleged that he was pulled over because his registration was expired, which is very interesting because the mother said she had just bought him the car two weeks ago. And from what I know about new registration, your registration doesn't expire in, in two weeks if you just bought a new car. But that's neither here nor there. She said he was only 20 years old and he didn't deserve to be shot and killed like this. And I don't want all of this. I just want my baby home. That's all I want is him to be home. I don't want everybody out here chanting and screaming, yelling. I just want him home. That's it. Well, obviously, some people followed what she said. They tried to keep it peaceful, right? But then you had the police who actually escalated what was going on with the protesters last night. You could actually see it if you watch the footage from, um, I believe it is Riot Unicorn or Unicorn Riot. Um, independent media site that had the live stream going, you could actually see that the people were peaceful, that they were chanting, that they had their bullhorns. Nobody was out there, you know, with a weapon or anything like that. But you could actually see as the hours went by that the police began to escalate the situation um, because they didn't want them standing in suburbia, right? In uh, Brooklyn Center, in front of the police station. They they seemed like they were more concerned about protecting property than they were about de-escalation. Um, I think it would have been you know, a good thing had the mayor tried to come out maybe and de-escalate, but none of that happened last night. They just issued a curfew, curfew for between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. Even though the mother you know, called for peace. You did have some people, as I said, in another side of, of town that went out and looted about 20 stores. They broke into things like Verizon, Walmart, um, I think a, a footwear store. And it was, it was all on live stream. You could actually see that happening, um, on last night. So the young lady here says, here are my immediate hopes. This is written by Nikki Darlene Franz. Here are my immediate hopes. One, officers involved are suspended immediately pending investigation with an outside agency findings that they may be terminated. Two, making dash cam and body cam footage public, which they did in less than 24 hours. Three, the city paying family restitution and a public apology from the mayor, police chief, and officers involved. Um, I did not get a chance to see the police chief statement, though I did read about it. And I heard that um, he walked out (laughs) uh, during the live presser, which a lot of people, which upset some people. Um, Four, clear plan from police chief about what measures are in place to make sure that lethal force is only used as a last resort. We now find out that the officer um, said that she meant to tase him as opposed to pulling her gun. Now, there are some police officers who have said that 
um, departments have changed the color of their gun versus their taser. So it's easier for the officer to tell those two things apart. We don't know if that's the case um, with what happened in Minneapolis. But um, according to the video footage, some people are saying that you can actually see that she's reaching and pulling out a gun, even as she's saying taser. And we've seen this happen um, before with with cases where the police officers unfortunately deliberately say on tape the opposite of what they're doing. So when you see this distrust um, in our community, it's because there have been reasons for distrust, not just a blanket, oh, you're being paranoid. No, there have been instances where the officer is saying on tape, don't run. But then you get the video And the person was not running or the person was on the ground or the person was not resisting, even though the officer is saying on record something else. Okay, so there's this this issue of her saying taser, taser, taser. I'm going to tase you. But she actually is pulling out her gun. So there is some there's some issue with that as well. Um, Number five, civil suits, criminal charges and convictions for officers involved. Long term, what can what can be done? Long term, creations of a national task force to come up with ways to dismantle racial profiling and policing. This part to me seems to be very uh, simple. Stop making uh, killing black people your first resort. Like this to me doesn't need hours and months of training. It's it's a simple command. Stop making killing black people your first resort if you can bring in mass murderers if you can you know bring them in give them burger king on the way to a police station you can't tell me that you have to use deadly force you can't tell me that okay Another long-term hope that non-black allies are paying close attention to racism against black people in this country and they're using their power to challenge it in their circles and beyond. At this point, everybody really should be fed up because here's the deal. Don't be the person that it doesn't matter to you until it matters to you. That you feel like it doesn't concern you until it actually does concern you. Because the reality is, More than black people are being murdered every day unjustly in this country. More than black people are. But the problem is you're only seeing black people being televised. And so it's giving you this false sense of security that it's only happening to them when that really is not the case. Ours is being televised. And so a lot of people are kind of sitting on this false notion that it's just us that's being killed in this way when that is actually not true. And I think if, uh, you know, unfortunately for some people seeing is believing, I call it racial trauma porn, but seeing is believing. I bet if you, if they rolled out more video of white people being shot and killed in their bodies, just laying in the street for hours, I think we would have a more robust response to this kind of, um, lethal incompetence as one of my friends coined today. Another long-term hope that black folks are taking care of themselves as best as you can. My other two points here, I added 
other things that we can we can um, think about that qualified immunity is ended. This thing where if you are, you know, it, it's sort of a, a, a layer of protection that if you're in in uniform, then you can't necessarily be charged with certain things that needs to end. The other thing that, hey, if you're part of a police union, maybe your police union should be paying out these legal fees, right? Maybe your police union should be footing the bill for civil suit payouts rather than the citizens, rather than the taxpayers. Maybe they should be footing that bill. Maybe you should be carrying your own individual liability insurance. Maybe you should be losing your pension the first time you murder someone and you are lethally incompetent. Okay? So until the burden is actually placed where it's supposed to be placed, unfortunately, we may see more of this. Someone asked a question today and I answered it and I haven't really like talked about this, but I'm going to talk about it today. Someone asked the question of, um, have you, have you been pulled over and have you ever been pulled over for like air fresheners or something like in your car, obstructing your, um, mirrors. Now, from my understanding in several States, that is actually a law that you should not have anything obstructing your rear view mirror. It's one of those little minor things, you know, those things called policies that you might not be thinking about that could easily get you stopped over and then profiled, right? So I woke up this morning and I was thinking about, um, the, the, the thought came to my mind that maybe they aren't really running tags. Maybe they aren't really background checking. Maybe there are, they are Facebook checking. So I did a little digging today and I found out actually that yes, that is actually what is happening and what can happen. Your Facebook profile can actually be checked by police officers. They have the ability that just like they can run your tag, they can also run your Facebook profile. They can also dig into your Facebook profile and look at, you know, any of your public posts, um, anything you've been posting. And so I kind of feel like some of this is a bit of possibly social media um, profiling. Because if I look at your social media page and you're a young black male, I've stopped you. I look at your social media page, which by law I can do. I can look on your page and see, oh, he's over here smoking blunts. This is actually what I what I did last night. I went to Dante Wright's page. He has a, a few pages. And I went to the one that's not under his name, but it's under, I forget the name of it, but it was like some weird name title to the page. I went to that page and I looked on there and it had things like um, me or police. Why are you running? Me. Because I thought it was funny. There's a video on there that's about less than two minutes long where he is in his car and he is rolling a blunt. Um, and so what am I saying? I'm saying that if they have the ability to run your, to search your Facebook, you know, profile, that also could be part of it. Um, 
seeing what's on your profile and then profiling you based on what's on your profile. And so I think as black people, black Americans, you have to be mindful of what you're posting. You have to be mindful that they can legally profile you based on what's on your profile and based on what's public. Um, Did they do that in his case? It's a possibility. They said they ran his tags. They could have run some other things. And one of the things that I look at is if they're able to get into your Facebook profile and they see something like that, it could just be a case of, you know, if, if we do away with this person, who are they to the community? Are they dispensable? Are they, are they doing this because it's somebody that they feel like the community's not going to miss? The community's not going to fight for? The community is going to say, oh, well, he was doing this or he was involved in this. I had someone come on my page um, earlier today, my Black Tabletop page. And as we were having a conversation about um, this case, they posted a picture of him holding a gun. And I responded back to the person. I said, if you cannot explain this, if you cannot give an explanation of why you put this picture with an event that has nothing to do with this picture, I'm going to block you. And they just laughed and then they posted another picture. So I blocked them. Why am I saying that? Because anybody, if you have public posts, anybody can go and search images in your profile and try to decide or paint a picture of you based on some of the public images that you may have up. It may not be the full picture of who you are. But I find it very telling of the person who tries to just criminalize a person who has literally been victimized. They've literally said, we did not intend to kill him. We only intended to tase him. And even in that, you still have people trying to justify why he was killed. Even in that. So I just want people to be be aware of that that, you know, police officers do have the ability to not only, um, search your public profile, they have the, um, ability also to search your, um, Facebook messenger. So in case you didn't know that now, you know, in case you didn't know that there are some States that on the books, you cannot have anything on your rear view mirror. You can't have an air freshener hanging up there, which to me begs the question of then, looks like the air freshener business might need to figure something else out because that's, I know when I get my car washed and they ask me, what kind of air freshener do you want? Some of them pull out those little yellow trees and guess what they do? They put them right up there on your rear view mirror. So if that's against the law in a lot of states, then how about we not do that? How about we take them down, right? It's these little minor things, these minor infractions that are leading to deadly consequences. And as someone said last night, a traffic stop is not a death certificate. A warrant is not a death certificate. These things should not have led to his execution. It should not have led to his death. Now, about the one thing I wanted to to talk about in terms of that, has, have I ever been stopped? I've been stopped several times. Um, things that I do when I am stopped. Number one, 
I keep driving until I get to a well-lit place where there are cameras. I'm really, I'm, I'm really not like, oh, I, I should stop just because the officer's lights are going behind me. No, I will keep driving until I get to a well-lit place that has plenty of cameras because we see people don't turn theirs on or they turn them off or they drop their camera and oops, we have no footage. So for my own safety, I pull into a well-lit place that has plenty of cameras besides the ones that we know we obviously can't rely on that's supposed to be on their chest and sometimes on their dash. All right. Um, Another thing, I know that lately for myself, I have realized that every time I leave my neighborhood, all of a sudden I am being trailed. I'm either being trailed by vehicles coming behind me or I'm being trailed by vehicles sitting where I go, whether it's a store, normal places that I go, I notice that there are vehicles. And I, I thought to myself, I said, hmm, is this, is this really normal to see this many uh, squad cars every time I leave the house? And so I started testing it out. I started leaving at different times. I started going different routes. And I would always see several cars. So I'm paying attention to that. Like, why, why do I see this many cars? I live in a very um, predominantly white part of town. So why do I see this many cars? I, I want to know. Um, but I noticed that it's same, the same car sometimes. I take pictures. I take video. I document the, the cars and I document the car numbers. So if anything goes down, I have, I have evidence. I've told some people what I noticed happening and I've shared it with um, some of my family members. So when we talk about what is it like to be black in America, <laughs> these are things that we do, that we have to do. That is necessary for us. And somebody would say, well, you're like the least, you know, you're like the least suspect looking person, right? I know that. And you know that. But I'm telling you from a person who has no record, <laughs> um, you know, who just do what does what I do, you know, I'm telling you that this is my recent experience. This is not five years ago, six years ago, one year ago. This is like weekly. I'm telling you what my experience has been in the last maybe three to four weeks to the point where I take pictures. Every time they pop up, I take pictures. I take pictures of the car numbers. I I write down where I'm seeing them at and how often I'm seeing them. So, If you're not doing any of that in your daily life, if you're not having to be that aware, please don't tell me how to be black in America. (laughs) Okay? Don't tell me how to be black in America. This is real life. Because you don't know 
what people have in their minds. And unfortunately, we have to do what we have to do to document and to be aware of our surroundings and take care of ourselves. Because guess what? America's not doing it. Point blank, period. America's not doing it. So, lastly, (laughs) I was, and it looks like I'm not going to get to these books, but I think what I'm saying tonight is enough. Um, Lastly, I was trying to watch a a film over the weekend. I didn't know what 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 it was about. I tend to try to read movie or film reviews before I, I look at something, but I just happened to see this film called Them. And it looked like something that they were talking about, something from the past. And so we clicked on it, my husband and I. And about five to ten minutes into this into this film, I was like, um, I'm done. That's enough. So if you haven't seen it, I don't recommend it because I don't do horror. I don't do racial trauma porn. Um, as one writer who I actually wound up reading a review of afterwards, after we stopped it, one writer said, it's not really made for us. It's made for white people. And I would probably tend to agree because I don't need any more horror. We're, we're in the middle of several horrors and several traumas right now. I don't need to see a film that's horror based on how much trauma that black people Um, are experiencing and things that are being done to us. I'm like, first of all, this ain't a fantasy. (laughs) This not a fantasy because most of us are seeing this play out in real time. So how is this supposed to be a horror film? Like, how is this supposed to be fantasy? You lost me there. You lost me there. You lost me there. This is real time reality. So no, thank you. I don't need a movie for that. We're going through enough right now that I don't need a movie for that. So clearly it wasn't really made for us, but you go ahead and watch it. If you like horror and if you like, you know, Jordan Peele's us, because they said that the film is very much like a prequel to Jordan Peele's us. It's not made by Jordan Peele, but they say it's a prequel to that. So when I fought, watched the first five minutes, <laughs> when that lady standing out there talking about, can I have your boy? Ma'am, sir, no, we're not doing this today. So I'm not one of those people that likes, you know, flagellation through film. I don't like self, you know, self-flagellation through film. So I can't give you any recommendation on it. I just know that they're talking about how this is a sort of a new genre of racial horror, trauma, and they refer to it as racial trauma porn. It's like some people really get into these kinds of films where black people are being tortured and terrorized. (laughs) Like, I don't see how that is a turn on. For people who are actually living in real time of being traumatized. I don't see how that's a turn on for people to want to watch. But if you're into horror, them apparently is what people are watching. I'm not. 
And so I couldn't finish the film because I was like, no, this is a little, this is, this is not my scope. This is not my thing. Somebody else can watch it and review. So it is 6.33. I think I'm going to, I think I've said enough tonight. I did want to get into Jackie Robinson. I never had it made, but America is continually showing us we never had it made. And I wanted to get into Stacey Abrams. Our time is now, but we'll have to get back to both of those on next week. (laughs) Because... What is America's motivation? What is America's motivation? That is the question. What is America's motivation? Why does America keep before the public eye the continual brutalization, dehumanization of black and brown people? Why? And I'm going to say it again. It's not that other people are not being killed by police in similar ways. It's just not regularly broadcasted. And so it's giving people this false sense of security. And as I said today, you know, I'll read what I said today. Let me get to it. I'm going to read what I said today. It is psychological warfare to nonstop see people who look like you constantly murdered and left for dead in the streets as if no other group gets murdered. They do. Which is why only showing black people tells you it is warfare directed at our minds our stability, our ability to create, our ability to not be um, drawn into this vortex of despair. We are frequently, consistently creating our own beauty by our own excellence to combat this warfare. But hear me today. Hear me. If you hear nothing else tonight, If you continue to tolerate the murder of black people being displayed and replayed over and over and over again, please know it will not just be black people after a while because dehumanization never stops with one group of people. People often talk about the 6 million that were, um, exterminated through the Holocaust. But there were five other million people that were also exterminated. They were exterminated over things like their gender. They were exterminated over things like sexuality. They were exterminated over things like their their mental capacity. So dehumanization never stops with just one group of people. It just preps you and prepares you for mass citizen murder. So if you carry on like it doesn't concern you, just understand when there are white mothers crying on TV about their children being killed, 
when there are white mothers saying, as Katie Wright, white mother of Dante Wright, who has a black father, crying on television, saying, why do y'all still have my child laying in the street for almost six hours? When we see that, you will know that it's escalated beyond just those people. It's escalated beyond just black people. Because as one person said, and, and people get this, they get this confused. When we say, until black lives matter, no other lives matter. What we're warning you about is, if they will treat us this way and dehumanize us, please don't think that your time is not coming. Because people who are depraved enough to not care for human life, just understand it's not going to stop with us. You need to understand that. It won't just stop with us. Hitler did not just stop with the Ashkenazim, the European Jews. He kept going. He kept trying, he kept finding more people that he could add to who is an undesirable. So if you're okay with black people being the undesirables right now, because it's not you, it's not your family, it's not people in your economic makeup, it's not people in your, um, your neighborhood. Just understand dehumanization never stops at one group of people. And so I'm going to stop talking now because I think I've said enough. If you would like to join me for discussion tonight, you can type I'm in. And if you have a camera, I will bring you in. I do see Lady Barbara has typed I'm in. And we've got about 20 minutes to converse here tonight. So let's start with uh, Lady Barbara. If you want to show your support for this broadcast and this content, um, I encourage you to give at the Cash App if you would like to give. Um, Facebook does allow people to give stars, but Facebook only pays content creators one penny per star. (laughs) So if you really want to encourage content creation, people that you follow, people that you listen to, Um, Try to donate to them directly. All right. So we will start with uh, Lady Barbara. Let's see if I can bring you on camera. If you're listening by Anchor FM, I want to thank you for your time and attention tonight. It has been a pleasure and I hope to see you tomorrow. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful evening.